one of the most common accommodations for students with disabilities has to do with testing. And in most cases, it comes down to extended time for testing and testing in a quiet and distraction-free environment. And if you've ever experienced any kind of an accommodation in testing, you know that test security is extremely important to college faculty and administration. That's why if you are a student with a disability, you really need a very clear understanding of what the faculty expects with regards to testing. Where you're going to take the test, how you're going to get the test, how you're going to return the test, who's going to be around when you take the test, what you can walk into that test with, what equipment, what materials. So there's usually a lot of restrictions and rules that accompany a testing accommodation. And each school and each test center is probably going to have its own set of policies and procedures that every student should follow. But online testing presents a whole new set of circumstances and concerns that faculty and administration have to deal with. And there's a new legal challenge in town that I'm going to talk about today. So welcome to College Disabilities and Success, Episode 99, College Online Testing and the Fourth Amendment with Mickey Hayes. The opinions in this podcast are my own, but please reach out to your college, physician, or legal services for additional information. times when I prepare for a new podcast, I go into the research and just see what's new out there. What's happening lately in the legal field, at the colleges? Are there any new issues that I should look into and learn about? And I came across an article in the BloombergLaw.com website called Virtual Exam Case Primes Privacy Fight over College Room Scans, written by Sky Whitley on January 25th, 2023. So this is brand new. I will be sure to include the link to this article in today's show notes. First, let's talk about the Fourth Amendment, exactly what it is and what it does. The Fourth Amendment protects citizens from unreasonable searches and seizures by the government. And the Fourth Amendment doesn't necessarily guarantee against all search and seizure, just unreasonable search and seizure. This is the issue being questioned in today's episode. In March 2021, a Cleveland State student named Aaron Ogletree sued Cleveland State University after the proctoring software program Respondus and Honorlock that was used to monitor remote testing required him to conduct a video scan of his bedroom as a prerequisite for taking a virtual exam in that spot. Now, I want to point out that this is not specifically related to a student with a disability. This is a situation that's going to apply to every single college student, including a student with a disability. And that's why I'm sharing this with you today. Now, these room scans were mandated by the college in order to make sure that there were no study guides or notes in the room that were out of camera sight that were forbidden to be present and used on the test. The problem occurred when the room scan also captured private information, including the student's social security number and some prescriptions that were out in his room. And those were visible not only to the proctors who were proctoring the test, 
but to other students present during the exam, according to Mr. Ogletree's complaints. In August of 2022, the Northern District of Ohio Court found in favor of Ogletree and said that the scans violated the Fourth Amendment protections against unreasonable searches, and they later permanently blocked the university from doing any more scans of Ogletree's room. So last week, Cleveland State University asked a federal appeals court in Cincinnati to review the findings of the district court. The takeaway is that the final outcome and decision of the court will influence how other students litigate privacy rights and change how universities virtually monitor their students during exams. And the response of the Sixth Court of Appeals in Ohio will likely become cited in any future lawsuits regarding student privacy in virtual testing. My reason for sharing this with you today is not necessarily to share my own opinion about it as to whether or not I think it's a good idea or a bad idea to scan the rooms, but to tell you that it is happening, that testing is an important issue facing all colleges. The integrity of the college and the integrity of the testing situation is at stake. And so colleges take testing students very, very seriously. And they take testing security very, very seriously. As a former professor, I definitely understand why that's necessary. As a former disability services specialist, I also understand why that's important. And it makes it even more important for you or your child with a disability to have a very, very clear understanding of the testing procedures so that something doesn't come back to haunt them because they didn't follow a step that the instructor expected them to follow. So when you as a parent go to a college visit with your student and you're having those initial conversations with the disability specialist, one of the topics that's going to be important for you to ask about is how the college handles testing and what procedure most professors expect their students to follow. But do bear in mind that every professor is going to expect the student to follow testing their way. So one professor may want you to use the test center, another may not. One professor may want you to go to an empty classroom, another may not. One professor might want you to take the test in their office, another may not. Some students with disabilities only take tests at the disabilities office, others do not. It all depends. So you have to find out once you get your schedule made and you talk to the professors, to make sure that you have a very clear understanding of what each professor expects from you as a student with regards to testing accommodations and arrangements. And you also want to ask how the school handles their online testing policy. Do they do room scans prior to giving tests? Is that part of your school's policy and procedure or not? What can you expect? I would like to know who's going to see that room scan. And I would be thinking about how that room scan impacts my personal confidentiality regarding my disability. So there are other questions to consider here. I suspect with this case that came up with Cleveland State that this is just the very small tip of a very large iceberg, that I think it's going to lead to more complicated situations for colleges as they attempt to secure testing and make sure to mitigate any potential cheating that the student 
may try. I will be sure to include the link to this article called Virtual Exam Case Prime's Privacy Fight Over College Room Scans in the show notes today. And if I see anything new on the horizon and follow up with this topic, I'll be sure to let you know. I know today's podcast was a short one, but I hope you got value out of this article. In the meantime, if you have any other questions about heading to college for your high schoolers, please don't hesitate to drop me a line or send me an email. I'm at mickeyteaches at gmail.com. That's M-I-C-K-I-E, teaches at gmail.com. And you can also check out my website, mickeyteaches.com. If you're new to this whole business of getting your kid ready for college, check out my free ebook, Insights from a Disability Specialist, where I include about 35 questions that you should either know the answers to already or ask disability services about when you see them. And that link will be in the show notes also. In the meantime, I hope you have a great rest of the day and we will talk again soon. Bye. Information contained throughout this podcast has been gleaned from my own personal experiences. But to ensure accuracy, please contact the Disability Services at the college of your choice to have first-hand information and the most up-to-date policies and procedures followed by your particular institution of higher education. The content in any of these podcasts is not intended as a substitute for information from legal, education, or medical professionals. Always seek the advice of your attorney or qualified health care provider with any questions you may have with regards to legal, educational, or medical concerns. 